Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Happy Wednesday evening to all of you. It's Camel Day. It's Hump Day here. Oh, the end of the week cannot come soon enough. I am so beyond grateful for all of your listenership. Thank you for finding us on SoundCloud, where we're hosted, or YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Very grateful for everyone, and uh, sorry, I'm still sick. I've been sick for the last, like, four weeks, and obviously you probably can tell by the way I sound, so I apologize. Uh, This episode tonight is aptly named Wits End, or at Wits End, because, oh my gosh, I'm sure all of us have been there, right? You've just had a day, you've had a week, maybe you've had a month, maybe you've gone through hell and back. And it's just been a season of grief or frustration. It doesn't always have to be like loss of loved ones. It can just be growing frustration. And, you know, as, as I've started a new position at my new workplace and, and transitioning with that and it really being forced upon me, which I had a feeling it would, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, as, I, as I'm dealing with that and then there's other stuff that happens at, it's at uh, my other uh, workplace and with church, Sometimes you just have one of those days you sit back and go, oh my gosh, like what more can you ask of me, Lord? And like, what, why, why is it this way? And yet, yeah, I'm torn sometimes emotionally between saying, you know, I have all I need and being content with what God's given me, but then also finding that I'm, I'm greedy, greedy because I, I find myself still wanting more of other things. And, you know, I've shared those burdens here on the, on the show before, but it, it's, you know, I find myself here at 9.30 on a Wednesday night after such a long day of work and other church activities. I come back, and I, it's funny. It's just I find myself at my wit's end. You know, I just stretched. Uh, what is it? I think Bilbo Baggins says it. Uh, J.R. Tolkien points it out. But uh, Bilbo describes it uh, as being uh, butter spread too thinly across toast. Like there's, you have that ever have that in breakfast where there's too little butter and too much toast. Uh, you're just trying to be spread out way too much. And uh, that's how I felt, and you know, I got to look back because there's always a place in the Bible that you can look at, that you can go to for support in this fashion. And you know, in Exodus 19, uh, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he goes up there for the 40 days and 40 nights to receive uh, the Ten Commandments and the other commandments that that God uh, tells him to: the ordinances for the people, uh, the property rights, the sundry laws, the the land and the Sabbath, national feasts. People confirming their covenant with God. And Moses goes back up after you know he broke uh, some of the tablets. Um, the Ark of the Covenant is given. Offerings in the sanctuary. There's um, descriptions of what needs to take place in, in, in what uh, particular dimensions. So like the court of the tabernacle. The bronze altar, for example. Um, garments and, and an outerwear for the priests. What is, what is proper and how do you approach God? Um, uh, there's description of sacrifices and, you know, as, as Moses is up there receiving the commandments, receiving the most important thing from, from God for God's people, what happens? Well, after Exodus 31, this is what it says, the sign of the Sabbath. So this is the last thing that we have here. I'm reading from the NASB. Okay, so he's been gone for basically 40 days and 40 nights. Here's the last thing, okay? Sign of the Sabbath. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, but it's for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, you shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. 
Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. When he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written by the finger of God. All right. You can picture it as like it's either the end of the first book or it's the you're about ready to, to hit the, you know, come down off of the the big, you know, catalyst, the big you know, moment where the book or the plot in a movie or TV show hits its peak, right? It's the big reveal in the second act. It's the turning before it sets up the third act. So you are ready. We are ready for what happens next. And you turn the page. Exodus 32. Remember the first commandment. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, do not commit idolatry or adultery. That's basically what it's talking about. I'm the Lord. You don't serve anything else, first and foremost. Okay, good. Got it. Boom. The golden calf. Okay, let's let's read about this. Okay, now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Tear off the, the gold rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people tore off the gold rings which were in the ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. And they said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they rose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down at once, for your people who you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, they are an obstinate people. Now then let me alone, and that my anger may burn against them, and I may not destroy them, and I will make you a great nation. Then Moses entreated the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out of the, from the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak, saying, With evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens, and all this land of which I have spoken I will give to you, descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. The tablets were God's work, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Now when Joshua heard the sound of the people, as they shouted, he said to Moses, This is a sound of war in the camp. But he said, It's not the sound of cry of triumph, nor it is the sound of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. It came about as soon as Moses... 
came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered over the surface of the water and made the sons of Israel drink it. Then Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you may that you have brought such great sin upon them? Aaron said, Do not the linger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself, they are prone to evil. Okay, he doesn't even take credit. For they said to me, Make a God, a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it in the fire, and it came out this calf. Now Moses saw the people were out of control, for Aaron uh, had let them get out of control to be a derision among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together to him. He said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Every man of you put his sword upon his thigh and go back upon forth from the gate into the camp and kill every man his brother and every man his friend and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed and about 3,000 men of people fell that day. Then Moses said, Dedicate yourselves today to the Lord, for every man has been against uh, his son and against his brother, in order that he may bestow a blessing upon you today. And the next day Moses said to his people, You yourselves have committed a great sin, and now I am going to up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has committed a great sin, and they have made a God of gold for themselves. But now if you will forgive their sin, and if not, please blot me out from your book which you have written. The Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But go now, lead the people where I told you. Behold, my angels shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I punish, I will punish them for their sin. Then the Lord smote the people because of what they did with the calf, which Aaron had made. It's, it's important to read all of that. Very often we just get a few verses. And I, you just got to think about this, okay? Moses is, is he's not one, he's tossed out as a kid. He's raised in Egypt, raised in royalty, he sees an injustice. He acts. He kills somebody. We're really kind of told he doesn't mean to do it, and then he's exiled, and he's not the best, you know, not the best person to be speaking. And God gives him all of the words, and he leads them out of Egypt, out of under the uh, of, under the reign and tyranny of Pharaoh. The people complain because they they come and they're like, well, we, how are we going to cross the water? Well, he makes a way for it. And then they take him out in the desert and they says, what have you done? You're out here to kill us. But God says, I'm going to promise you, I'm going to do this. And But it's because of their, you know, their sin that, that starts to have them wander. Then they get to the promised land and Moses' price, he doesn't get to enter. And so you know, he faces a lot in his life. But as we pause at this point, you got to think, they, they, he brings him to the mountain, he goes up, guys, I'll be right back, just don't do anything stupid. He comes back, he gets his second in command, what's going on? He says, all the people are doing all this. He says, well, why are they doing it? It was like, I don't know, you know what the people are doing. I mean, all I did was, you know, set them up and everything and lead the horses to water, but I didn't make them drink. You're an idiot, okay? And then he's like, okay, guys, um, we broke the first commandment. And You know, any guy out there, uh, this is so relatable. I mean... You ever get angry and throw something? You break something because it's just, you know, you're just so angry. I mean, that's what he did. He does it to the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's kind of, it's a little harsh. But, I mean, he's at his wit's end. He's had a day. And it's like, you guys have got to be kidding me. And then it puts things into perspective. It puts things into perspective. You had a bad day? Well, what about this guy? What about Moses? It's one of those things. But every now and then, no matter how 
bad of a day I have, no matter how down on my luck I seem to get, there's always a biblical story that comes to mind that goes, you know, I have it pretty good. I don't need to think twice about this. I can just let it slide off my shoulders. Everything's going to be okay. There's a lot of people out there who wish you could have my life. And there's a lot of people who have gone before us as our fellow brothers and sisters who certainly had much worse times in their lives. So it's about perspective. I've spoken about that in the past. And it's just true right now as it was back then. That we're on our wits end. We could still get down. We could still thank God for the breath in our lungs. Knowing that this too shall pass. May God bless you. May God keep you.